And welcome to the inaugural edition of Sports Tap with Jay Scott. And we're your host, Jay Scott, and along Hello. with Skip Smith. Skip, go ahead and say hi. I almost cut you off there, too, so I was so excited for this first episode. How you doing, man? Not too bad. How about you, sir? I'm doing, uh, you know, back at it. A little bit of sports talk. Uh, maybe a lot of it, since I'm talking to you. And, uh, you know, let's tap into uh, the sports world. Nice. On today's show, we're talking baseball and the unprecedented refusals by owners to spend mega bucks on free agents. This has been a multi-year trend. The Major League Baseball Players Association has responded by filing formal grievances against four different clubs. Now, with that said, will this eventually lead to a strike? And how will this eventually affect the sport in the long term, both amongst the old and new fans? We'll talk about that later in the show. Well, I'll also talk during happy hour about the FA Cup semifinals, Manchester United, Chelsea, Tottenham Hotspur all advanced along with Southampton. We'll talk about who I think will advance to the final coming up in May. We'll also uh, taking a look at what else to expect later on this year in the Premier League. But in this week's first round, me and Skip talk hockey and the latest inside the National Hockey Rate Hockey League in this week's edition of first round. Nice. In the NHL, who, in your opinion, Skip, is the best team in the NHL's Eastern Conference? And I'm not talking or taking a biased uh, stance here. There's a lot of good hockey going on right now, Jews, I'll tell you that, but I, I got to stick with the, I don't know, after the loss I saw last night, I'm going with the Pittsburgh Penguins here, but um, I just, I don't know if they were resting, but I'm going to give you my answer, and it's the Pittsburgh Penguins, best team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, line. that's a good bet, uh, considering they're the back-to-back champions and are currently in a fight for the division title. Uh, you got Evgeny Malkin, who's having an MVP caliber season, ranked second in the league in scoring with 87 points, and is ranked third in goals uh, with 39. You also have Sidney Crosby and Phil Kessel having solid seasons, uh, giving um, Coach Mike Sullivan the ability to score, to spread the scoring, uh, if you will, through uh, through three different lines and. This team was also boosted by a big trade made by the GM, Jim Rutherford, right at the trade deadline when they acquired third-line center Derek Broussard, who has 42 points on the season, make that 43 after a goal the other night. Uh, In the playoffs, he gives them a pivotal scoring threat, uh, boasting 55 points over his career, 22 goals and 33 assists. But the question is, I mean, can they survive this murderer's row of a conference with the likes of Tampa Bay, Boston, Washington, and even the upstarts in Columbus and New Jersey? Yeah. You're on, you're on point there, Juice. Jay Scott. Well, I mean, do you think that they can survive all of that? Uh, I really, truly, I mean, we're asking if the Penguins can. Yeah. Uh, well, Murray coming back last night, I knew something was up. I didn't check the news. But after I was I was actually doing a Capitals game uh, at work, and I'll tell you what, man, I looked over and I'm like two two one, 
done a great job and put up uh, one heck of a case uh, to be named the Vezina Trophy winner in June. The only question is, will he be adding a Stanley Cup trophy ring or a Stanley Cup ring uh, with that little bit of hardware? Yeah, and you know the Tampa Bay Lightning—they're playing the Islanders tomorrow night, so I want to see how well the uh, Islanders do against Tampa. Right. And you know, based on the Pens game last night, I'm just—I'm gonna be comparing them. Well, and, Tampa's uh, coming off a loss. They lost last night to the to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. No, uh, they came back. No, I. Think I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. It was uh, Tampa that ended up coming back and beating Toronto. Yeah. That's wow. So I mean, that just goes. So that goes back to my earlier point of why Tampa's a great bet to at least make the Eastern Conference Finals this year, yeah. if not upset the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Easter Conference Final uh, en route to their first Stanley Cup Final appearance since uh, 2015. Excuse me. Trying to to keep those those two Stanley Cup Final appearances for the Pittsburgh Penguins in order there. Uh, yeah, but moving well, away from the Lightning, he what's... actually uh, he topped the charts last night. Too. He got a, his forty-first win of the season. He's now he's now holding that record for the franchise. Yeah, I mean, and and that just goes that just goes to the whole debate about the Vezina and why he probably tops that over uh, guys like Flurry, guys like. Uh, quick. Uh, I know Holtby would usually be in that conversation, but uh, he's been a major question mark for the Capitals of late and uh, makes them look all of a sudden a little bit uh, prone all of a sudden. Usually they, they're a sure bet to get to the second round of the playoffs but this year this time around having to rely on Philip Grubauer who I mean is around the same age as Holtby uh, I think it's only a difference of two years I think Holtby is 28 while Grubauer's 26 but this year it's going it's been Philip Grubauer who's had the better of it in net posting a record of 21 10 and 8 with the save percentage of .926, which, I mean, you know, that that that's up there uh, challenging for the likes of, uh, you know, Flurry and Vasilevsky, the three guys that I just mentioned a little bit earlier. But the key stat is the difference in goals against. Uh, Grubauer is only letting in 2.23 goal, uh, goals a game, while Holpe, Holpe's goals against is at 3.03 with a save percentage of .90. Uh, I think personally that this team the in the form of the Capitals would have to rely on Holpe in order to possibly get past the Penguins this time around. But the Capitals coaching staff, they th- they seem to think a little differently uh, right now, and that's not just uh, exclusive to the coaching staff. I've seen a lot of the media in researching this that uh, have been talking up Brubauer as the possible replacement to Holby. Uh, Skip, do you have any take on any of that? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Holby took a shot. It looked like he took a shot from the inside of the thigh last night. Uh, he was kind of hurt. He was shook up. They went to commercial break, and he was out there skating in the middle of the ice, it looked like. 
You have no Stanley Cup final appearances uh, for that matter. I think at this point, Steven Stamkos and the Lightning have far more stature than the Washington Capitals, even though the Washington Capitals seem to always win the President's Trophy or boast one of the best records in the regular season. If I can recall, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they always hand us uh, a nice big L when we play him in the playoffs, right? Well, I mean, in in 2011, when Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin were both out, yes, uh, this, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who I think still had Vinny LeCavalier and uh, Marty St. Louis, who you know, both got them their only Stanley Cup, uh, championship uh, going back to 0304. They were still with the team. I, no, that I can't remember if they were or not. But Sorry. yeah, yeah, no. I uh, I remember uh, Saint Louis still being there. So, but anyway, I mean that was a uh, that Penguin team though was. You know, missing their captain, missing Evgeny Malkin. Uh, I think the only, you know, key piece that they had was Marc-Andre Fleury and uh, late in the series when the Penguins were up 3-1. Uh, he ended up getting blown up in Game 5 and the wheels fell off uh, for the Penguins from there on out. And... But the biggest thing was they didn't have much scoring. And then going back to the 2016 Eastern Conference Final, it was a tough series for the Penguins. I mean, I know both of the these last two Eastern Conference Finals uh, were as difficult as you could come by. But, uh, you know... The Tampa series provided its own unique set of challenges, just like the Ottawa series did. In the Ottawa series, you were having to face a defensive wall, while in the Tampa series, you were facing this upbeat, uh, almost mere image of yourself while running into this brick wall of a goaltender in the form of Vasilevsky. You were already uh, set out to have a tough challenge whenever they had Ben Bishop, but he got hurt in game one of that Eastern Conference final. Uh, that opened the door for Vasilevsky to come in and pretty much steal the starting job from there on out for the Lightning. But uh, that presented its own unique set of challenges in the fact that they were you know, much more... They were just as speedy as that Penguins team, if not a little bit more speedy. And But the challenge for Tampa that that time around was they didn't have Stamkos until, I think, Game 7. And by that point, it proved to be too little too late because I don't think he really got going until maybe halfway through that game. And, you know, like I said, it, it, you know, it, it proved to be too little too late because the Penguins ended up carrying the momentum and uh, got themselves a couple goals uh, to which they were just pretty much having to play with the lead uh, through the good portion of the third period in that game seven and were able to win that that way. While in the Ottawa series, they had to go to over double overtime and uh, pretty much had to win on a miracle goal by Chris Kunitz, who is now on the Tampa Bay Lightning. But 
that that that's the difference in the two difference in the two teams. But if by chance Tampa gets bounced out of the playoffs, I think it comes in the second round, and I think it comes against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who uh, look like a legitimate threat after experiencing the postseason for the first time for many of them last season. Uh, they currently sit third in their division. Uh, staring down the barrel of a first-round playoff series with Boston, which, you know, provides its own share of challenges. I, I don't envy anybody having to play four to seven games against the likes of Zdeno Chara and Brad Marchand, but uh, nonetheless, uh, this Toronto team, a uh, pretty good team, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I do think so. Uh, Marshawn, man, he's a he's a real Boston. Player. I, I love watching him play. Do you? I mean, I I just like to see the uh, the uh, chaos he creates. I guess you know he's flying around there. Uh, he reminds me of like. I don't know, like an Ovechkin and a Crosby, but just not anywhere near as good. Like, he just makes those outgoing type plays. Right? But he's more vicious and violent, you know? Nowhere near as good, but you know what I'm saying? Like, he just he puts his body uh, on the line on the ice. I don't know. I, I give him credit for all that, and he has over 30 goals, over... Uh, I, I think he's closing in on 50 assists. So, he, you know, he's in that debate for the Hart Trophy, but uh, I don't think that he ultimately gets it. Uh, not only because, you know, he's not, you know, in the chase for the Richard Trophy or uh, in the uh, chase for the scoring title, but, you know, because of those antics that you bring up. Uh, do you think it's a shame that, you know, a lot of times, more more often than not, uh, some people's antics, in this case, like Marchand, uh, get used against them when it comes to these award voting or uh, in the case of the Hall of Fame or baseball, uh, we often see the steroid allegations used against the likes of Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds. Uh, what's, your, what's your thought on that? Well, I mean, did those guys use steroids? No, but I'm saying... Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens? Uh, I think they did, but it wasn't... But they never got... Uh, they never tested positive for it. Yeah, we have... It, it wasn't like a situation like uh, Alex Rodriguez or uh, Ryan Braun where they were caught caught in several lies as they tried to deny it, tried to challenge their uh, test results. But in the cases of Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds, they lied under oath and then got charged for perjury. And eventually, the perjury charges got dropped. Well, I just, I don't know. It looks like... Uh... But in the case of Brad Marchand, I mean, he, he's just... He's not good enough to get a trophy. He has, does he want a Stanley Cup? He is good enough, but I mean, he just... I, I, I don't know. He needs, yeah, I don't know. didn't he win it in 2011? If he did, it was too... You know, I can't remember. He didn't. He hasn't won enough. Like, like I mean, he needs to just... I mean, is he going to be loyal to Washington his whole life? Because, I mean, they're just, it's not going to happen. I mean, they're too smiley. They're too uh, offensive. You know what I mean? They, I mean, they can, they can drop the gloves when they want to. I mean, Oshie, he can go at it. But, I mean, once they get rattled, I swear the Cowboys always get beat. They're built more offensive and that's kind of their problem they're they're a much more heavier team 
and they're more prone to getting, uh, you know, just by a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins, like a team like the Tampa Bay Lightning, like a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs that uh, are built more on speed, more on their group. I mean, you, you definitely have some speedy guys on the Washington Capitals, uh, guys in the form of Kuznetsov and Oshie, but uh, this year in the, uh, with Oshie, He's kind of having a disappointing year. Uh, last check, uh, at least according to my stats, he has 36 points. Uh, that's including goals and assists. While Kuznetsov and Backstrom, they're both having respectable years with 66 and 51 points apiece. Uh, had a, Oshie had a nice goal last night, and after he scored, he did it. It was his bobble head night. He did a uh, he did a real light reenactment of his bobble. It was nice. It was nice. Check it out. But I mean, but you already pretty much said you don't think that they're going to get past the second round. If that, I mean, how long do you think that ownership group is going to keep this group together? Well, they just brought Oshie in, didn't they? They just signed him to a long-term deal. Right. Just getting older. But they keep failing. (laughs) They keep failing in the playoffs. I just look forward to them making it maybe to the, you know, the second round. I like to see them make it farther and farther at least. That's terrible. You know, a lot of Cavs fans... They, uh, they are all about their new blue jerseys, though. They're 2-0 in them. Those are sharp. It's just a shame that it has caps on it. Uh, just to finish up this segment, though, uh, the Blue Jackets and the Devils, those are the last two teams in the East. They're both in the two wild card spots. Do they look like legitimate dark, heart, dark horses to you, Skip? Well, did you see the Devils game last night? Yeah. They got killed. 6 1. You didn't see it. You know, all you need to do is read the headline. They got smashed. So you so you think that, that that's more emblematic of their season than the fact that Taylor Hall, for example, was having this fantastic year with 33 goals? 45 assists. Uh, looks like he might be in the MVP race as well. I, I call that just a good start. I mean, I give the Devils good uh, a couple, you know, claps for having a nice season, but there's no way, you know, they're a threat to anything, anybody, um, you know. I mean, I saw the Devils play last night, and I mean, I've seen the Sharks. The Sharks are doing really well uh, with their new addition. Uh, Evander Kane. Yes, Evander Kane. Boy, uh, has that uh, that change of location benefited him. A lot of people didn't think that he was going to work out there, but the fact that they play so heavy... And he's a heavy guy with a goon, goonish mentality attached to it that can score a little bit. Seems like a match made in heaven. Oh, yeah. I think the only better match for Evander Kane would be playing in Philadelphia. But Yeah, but the Sharks is great where it's at. I mean, they needed him. They needed him. I don't know necessarily if I would have felt like Evander Kane uh, would have been that guy that I would have went after to go and you know be scoring the way that he's doing but uh, kudos to the San Jose Sharks for pulling the trigger on that move and uh, kudos to San Jose Sharks coach Peter DeBoer uh, for getting that out of Evander Kane thus far Uh just hope that he's able to have a better time of tempering his his mentality. Sometimes he can be a little bit of a selfish jerk, 
I don't think he was uh, one of the best guys in the locker room in bad situations up in previously up in Winnipeg and then later in Buffalo. But you got guys like Joe Thornton, uh, guys like Joe Pavelski, guys like Brent Burns that are older, that are, I think are willing to throw fists if need be, but otherwise the man, the respect that will keep a guy like Evander Kane in line. So with all that said, uh, I, I, I think that change of scenery benefits him uh, probably best going to San Jose than uh, going anywhere else. And uh, I'm curious to see how long this scoring streak that he's on uh, lasts. Oh, yeah, I think he's just playing free. He's a free bird out there in uh, San Jose. But getting back to the Devils, though, last week they blew out the Vegas Golden Knights 8-2. to Like, how in the world do you go and beat the number one team in the Western Conference like that and then a week later just go out to San Jose and get, get your teeth knocked in like that? Six to one. I just, I mean, it's the same way as asking how the Islanders beat the Penguins last day. It happens. You know, sometimes there are guys that aren't, you know, just playing to pass the puck, uh, just playing to catch their breath the whole entire game. I mean, they're resting. I mean, maybe they had a back to back. I'm not too sure, but I just, all I can say is it happens. The Vegas Golden Knights are way better than the New Jersey Devils. Uh, hell of a game uh, versus the uh, Flyers, though. I don't know if you saw that, the, the Golden Knights versus the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. I didn't, I don't, that was like a couple weeks ago, wasn't that? Uh, yeah, like a week and a half or so, I don't know, maybe two weeks, but. I watched them last night uh, against Vancouver, and they got up four to nothing, I think that's what that ended up finishing yet another shutout for Marc-Andre for, for, Mark Fleury furthering his case for the Vezina this year who, what would be his first in his illustrious Hall of Fame for the goaltending career and that's, and that's pretty amazing to think about but whenever you play for a team like the Penguins who you know, will sacrifice their defense for trying to get as many offensive opportunities as possible. Uh, sometimes your goals against average doesn't look all that great. But uh, moving on from the Devils and finishing up this talk in the NHL about the Eastern Conference race, just wanted to get your take real quick, real quick about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, the Blue Jackets come into this postseason having just qualified for the Stanley Cup playoffs three times previously in their franchise history. Uh, so far, 0-3 in playoff series, two of those coming against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It looks like the Penguins are on a collision course for a, another first-round series. Uh Possibly, if they overtake the Metropolitan Division. If not, it'll probably be against uh, the Blue Jackets. Will probably have to go up against Obi and the Capitals. Uh, do you think the Blue Jackets finally get their first postseason series win? Um, it is a good possibility this year. You know, uh, really, anything can happen. I guess. Um, I'd have to, I'd have to bet and say yes. They do get a, uh... Against the Capitals or the Penguins? The Capitals, for sure. Why do you think against over the Capitals? Because the Capitals get butterflies every time they're in the playoffs. That's just what they get. They get, like, it's like their first time on stage or something. It's, I don't know, they do good, like, the first five times, maybe first five games, they'll lose, you know, it's seven. See, the way that you feel about New Jersey, that's how I kind of feel about the Blue Jackets, 
I mean, yeah. I recognize that Artemi Panarin, for example, he's having a decent season with over 20 goals, uh, with over 40 assists. You have Bobrovsky having another decent season with a .921 save percentage, has four shutouts. So they do have some, you know, a couple stars in those two. They just got Vanek and Latestu, although none of them have contributed heavily thus far since the Blue Jackets acquired them at the deadline. Uh, they also have Joel Anderson, who up until his injury was scoring the lights out for Columbus. I think they have, you know, some decent pieces in place, but I don't think this is the year that they finally get their first postseason series victory. I, I, I just can't see them beating... Washington in seven games. At this point, I wonder if they even get past four games against a team like the Capitals or a team like the Penguins. They might take the Penguins to five again. But well, this is sneaky, man. They got, they got weapons. Uh, names are slipping my mind right now, but, you know... I think those blue jackets are just a little sharper than those blue jerseys, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, just, that's my feeling. I mean, I just, uh, I can't count on Washington. I mean, Barry Charles, he, he looks like, you know, someone is serious. Uh, but I just think that his um, tone doesn't, doesn't uh, hit the team hard enough, you know what I mean? Like, he looks like a serious coach. But I don't know what's going on there, dude. The cat, I mean, they... Well, that's gonna, you know... Well, know. they always play more heavy, even though Ovi plays like your typical Russian player plays. They usually, they play like Evgeny Malkin plays. You know, they're freewheelers. They're, they try to play elusive. They overpass. You know, sometimes they'll play a little over-aggressive, but uh, point is, I mean, they're not like a Canadian player where, where, you know, they'll play like Brosby where they're willing to uh, play up against the boards and grind it out, play that play that kind of way. They want to, you know, like I say, uh, you know, freewheel, uh, try to out defenders, uh, make a bunch of swirly plays and open up for open shots. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, risking opportunities by trying uh, to maximize and get the best opportunity possible for the best shot on net that you could open up. So, you know, with some of the... So you have to get... So, you know, this is what the Penguins found out, and this is why uh, with a guy like Phil Kessel, who plays a similar way, even though he's American, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, you know, sometimes you maximize, you know, that potential by playing those two guys on the same line, but other times, you know, whenever you don't have a third line, uh, with similar talented guys, sometimes you have to, you know, separate those guy, guys throughout the game by putting them on separate lines. But, you know, but as we've seen this year, you know, a majority of Malkin and Kessel's points have come whenever they played together. And no surprise, it's, you know, part of that, part of that cohesion that both of those guys have is because of the style that they play. Now, with the Capitals, it doesn't look like they put a center out there to play with Ovi that plays a similar style. So, you know, that might be the reason why, you know, he, he's not able to, you know, pick up his assist goal while, you know, helping this team beat, you know, more talented teams 
uh, teams that maybe they shouldn't be, if that makes sense. Well, tell me if this makes sense, Juice, uh, Jay Scott, Mr. Martin. Seriously, <laughs> though. Uh, how long has Obi been in the, in the, in the league? Uh, about 15 years. Let's see, they, he, he came in with, no, uh, 13. Came in the same year as Sid. To that? Wow, the 13 years. And, uh, the ownership. And, uh, the coach. Nothing you can put together and put around, to, you know, Ovechkin. Well, they just keep hiring the wrong guys. Well, that's, you know, get rid of them. <laughs> I mean, sure, bring them in and bring them out. For 13 years, they kept, okay, we brought them in, we got to keep them. No. You've been terrible, for, you know what I mean? You're not working out. Keep trading, keep trading, keep trading. I mean, if you don't make the playoffs or you lose in the playoffs, I mean, come on. And that's the difference between Bowsma and Mike Sullivan. Bowsma was never willing to change line combos throughout the game unless it was game seven and they were on the verge of elimination and they thought, oh, let's trot out the two-headed monster, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin together, you know, just to generate, try and generate, you know, some miracle. And, you know, as per usual, it would never work out. <laughs> While in the case of Sullivan, you know, he doesn't stick with the same line combos all throughout the, or uh, line trios all throughout the game. You know, he'll trot out there, say, on Crosby's line, Sherry and Hornquist, and then later in the game, he'll put Gensel and Russ out there with him. Or whoever just has the hot hand, or whoever's been working best with Crosby in the days leading up to that game. There's just there's a there's just a much better IQ, a much How better feel. How long has been coach? What's that? How long has Trotz been uh, coach? Uh, for two years now, and then before that. He was with Nashville since they came into the league in, uh, back in 1999. And Nashville just made it to the finals. After they got rid of him. Yes. I'm not saying but they, it, the issue. But the funny thing is... But, I mean, I think they went through different management teams down there. You know, they kept going through different management teams. Always kept trots in place because you know they because the, the only way that they were going to win uh, based on the budget that the owners of the Nashville Predators were willing to give at a certain time they weren't willing to spend on big name players or let alone keep them so they would always have to settle for heavier guys guys that were more uh, that would more more or less fit into Trotz's style, because Trotz is more of that physical. Uh, Trotz. The Capitals would have to settle. No, the Predators. Oh, the Predators. Yeah, until a certain point, they weren't willing to invest in you know bringing in, let alone keeping high-priced talent. So a lot of they times, they, that's good. But I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I, I don't follow the the predators. So I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know if they had a change in ownership and ever since well, that change. Using that as a reference, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I was just using that as uh, Barry left there, and they made it to the finals. We have Barry Trotz here, and I mean, he's just, you know, a sharp looking, short. he looks like my grandfather, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, well, not honestly, not fully, but like short, 
he wasn't the best fit for the Washington job. But I hope he stays there forever so the Penguins never get beat by them. No, Trotz. I hope he stays at Washington forever. Washington, I watched their little owner walk up in the pregame show. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's because he's like literally, right? Like, Ted Leonis. Yeah, he looks like he's just a rich guy who just came from, you know, Miami. He's a little scumbag in my book. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, I don't want to, yeah, okay. I mean, he just looked like a rich guy who had the money, who owns a team. Who has an amazing player, players, goalie, goalies, and he will invest in like two more pieces or one more piece. I mean, someone's got to come in and disrupt it. Like, yo, someone needs to come in like the. Uh, they need a guy like Jim Rutherford that was willing to change the whole management team around the way that he did in Pittsburgh. Or Kane. They need someone like, you know, Kane, he really did come out there. He's young. I don't know if he's that young, but he came out there and he kind of like, what's up, Beard Brothers? What's up, little Joe? You know? What's going on, boys? Hey, what's up, coach? I, I listen to him mic'd up. He runs around and chirps the whole game, talking shit to the referee. What was that? What was that? What was that? I mean, it was great. That's all well and good, but whenever he goes and gets you a five-minute major penalty in a big game, and that ends up costing you, how good, how good does that do for you? How good? What good does that serve you? Well, he hasn't got any five-minute majors, has he yet? With the Sharks? Not yet. Well, I mean, I think he knows his role, you know, and he's not shutting his mouth. And, that's, and, it's, and that illustrates my point from before. It's a different situation than what he had before where he was, you know, try, he was kind of looked at as a captain because he was the only, you know, scoring threat that they had in the two places that he was just at, Buffalo who's last in the East, and in Winnipeg previously, who wasn't good up until this year. You know, this is the first time that he's going into a situation where there's guys that have much more experience that were just in the Stanley Cup final two years ago that just experienced and know what it takes just to get there and have an idea of what it takes to win that. You know, they haven't experienced that part before, but they do have the potential to possibly get through the West and challenge whoever ultimately comes out of the East. So we're talking about the Sharks? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I love the Sharks. They're like my second favorite team. They're a fun team to watch. You know, they, they are... Uh... It's always nice whenever I come home and, you know you know, from either working or doing something else, and they're on at 10.30 at, in the evening, East Coast time. But and they have really cool Facebook Live during uh, intermission. Like, they Facebook Live. Brody Brazil and, uh, and a former hockey player with a beard. I can't remember his name because his beard isn't that great. <laughs> but anyway, dude, they uh, have a hell of a, you know, Good production going on out there. That's on NBC Sports Bay Area. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I watched them, I think, last night up until that game got out of control, and then I turned on the basketball game. The Portland Trailblazers, uh, Houston Rockets game. <laughs> that's that's the one. That, that Man, that takes a, a lot of bad games in a row to make me not watch hockey and turn on a basketball game. What game? Celtics? <laughs> well, no, the Trailblazers-Rockets game. That's what I turned on because uh, the Rockets. Oh. 
But, um, yeah, I mean, that the Vegas-Vancouver game, which, not surprising, Vancouver sucks this year. Probably being, uh, probably have, be amongst the top five uh, that have the best chances to get the number one overall pick in the draft when they do the draft lottery. Uh, they were getting killed four to nothing, but they're also missing their uh, their prize rookie Brock Besser, who's out for the end of, uh, for the rest of the year. Suffered a scary injury uh, a couple weeks ago. I forget. Just uh, didn't look like it was an intentional thing at all. Uh, ended up having to be. Playing hockey now? No, Brock Besser. You probably seen it as B O E S C C H E R, and just just uh, assume that it's pronounced Bosher, but it's pronounced Besser. Besser. Oh. Yeah. Brock like, Besser. That huh? Like knock that out? No. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, he's going to be a star one day. It's just uh, time will tell if Vancouver will try and get younger in order to try and build around him. Uh, but like I said, I mean, with uh, how good they played last night, getting blown out four to nothing, and uh, I, I don't think that they'll finish as low as Arizona. Because Arizona right now is in last place in the West, but uh, like I said, with the way they played last night against Vegas, I mean, they're well on their way to possibly winning that NHL draft lottery. Yeah. But with that, I just wanted to move on now, talk a little soccer. Uh, skip if. You know, if you're if you want to join in at any point, feel free. If not, I'm just gonna continue on now. Uh, yeah. We had the FA Cup quarterfinals this past weekend. Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur both moved on with uh, two nil and three nil wins respectively. And uh, wouldn't you know, they got drawn together. Uh, for an Scott. FA Cup semifinal. What's that? Jay Scott. Yeah. No pun intended. I'm going to kick it, brother. What do you mean? I'm going to hop off. You're going to hop off? I'm going to kick it. Yeah, you're talking soccer. I got I to gotta, uh, make a phone call. I got to call my mom. Okay. Seriously, uh, you know, I got to, she has to. Yeah, you know, much snow we're getting. We have a nor'easter here in this Jersey. Okay. Uh, 